0: Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. All right. So, I am going to uh be speaking in 2nd Peter chapter 3 and uh I don't know if you remember. A couple handful of weeks ago, we were in Second uh, Peter chapter one, and then uh, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke in Second Peter chapter uh, three, the first um, handful of verses. And uh, so, in order to kind of go into what is being laid out here uh, in the later half of Second Peter, I want to just read and understand kind of what he's talking about here and why he's kind of going on in what he's going on in, um, and so we have to understand what he's talking about, and he's first talking about these false uh, teachers and this false teaching, this false mentality uh, that people were being led into. Um, so in Second Peter 3, 3 and 4, it says, "'Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming?' For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now this is the first part, um, and we spoke about this in a, in a message a couple weeks ago. But they had come to this place, these false teachers, these people that thought that they were all high and mighty and could understand all these teachings, um, that uh, they were just believing that they knew what was going on, but then also saying, changing, things were getting twisted And they were thinking less about God and and heaven and thinking less forward and thinking more about what was happening now, right in their day. They were being taken over by their own desires and lusts. They were were building up wealth and, you know, like, hey, I speak the word of God to you, you know, give me some money. Okay, I won't go into that now. But, (laughs) I mean... Can you see the parallels? Okay. This word was very relevant then when he spoke it, when he wrote it, and it's very relevant right now. (laughs) We need this word. And so what he's saying, like, things are getting twisted there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the world. Great, you know, there's there's good things, there's bad things, all kinds of stuff. But let's not get things mixed up with what God is saying. Let's not twist things around and start living for today and living for, for what we can build up now. Or, you know, people, it's just a. The natural way of thinking that we want to, we want to feel protected. That, that we don't want, we don't want to feel like things are fleeting. So we build strength in ourselves. We we feel confidence in building up. A, you know, like a wealth of, of whether it's knowledge or whether it's a, a wealth of, of finances. You know, and listen, you got to get this right. It's not that either of those things are wrong. You know, to have a nest egg, to be able to retire or to learn and to grow and to expand your mind. Those things aren't wrong. But what is it that your trust is in? What is it? And that's the problem. They weren't trusting in who God was and, and believing that, that he would come. They were just believing, it's never going to happen. We're just going to live. So we need to build up for ourselves and sturdy ourselves instead of trusting, really, fully relying on God. It's like, it's not going to happen. So what are we going to do today? And in 2 Peter 3.10, it says, he tells them, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And now we don't know when that's going to happen, but the problem is that's the thing. It's a thief in the night, right? I don't know when a thief is going to come steal something. And that's why they take these things and and relate them together. It's it's, it's a moment that you might worry about, right? And you worry. That's the thing. You know, we all sometimes can get fearful that maybe somebody will steal something and and I won't be prepared. I won't have done enough to to be prepared so that somebody can't steal my stuff, right? We're always thinking about that stuff. And that's why he's relating the coming of of the Lord to that, because he's like, how much are you preparing for when he comes? Because he is going to come. And how much more so should we be preparing for his coming than we prepare for just maybe somebody stealing something from us? He says, the day of the Lord will come. And everything will be burned up. It's interesting. He just takes this it, almost like a simplistic view. He's, so it, when it talks about the day of the Lord, it's, it's the, the Lord coming. That time when he comes and all the things start to change. And, and he's, it's, it's the end, right? Of what, the way we know it right now. But he takes this simplistic view and, and not laying out. And I love people that can somehow extrapolate all of like what's going to happen in the last days and all that, but my mind is really not one of those that <laughs> likes to try to tear all that stuff apart. But I believe even for myself, just like I feel like with, with Peter here, he he's, he's taking and he's saying, listen, all that stuff is very interesting of how it will happen, when it will happen, how long it will happen, all that stuff. But what we really need to know, what we really need to be thinking about is that it's going to happen and what's going to happen and what we need to do about it. More so than finding out how many years and and all these things that will happen in that time, don't focus so much on that. Focus on being ready. Focus on what your heart needs to be like in that moment. So he just says, I'll all be burned up. You know what's interesting in this? When it says the heavens will pass away, I, I you know, like I do, I like to look into these words and, and these words pass away, the heavens pass away and uh, and all the works of the earth being burned up. This pass away means um it's like this to to pass by or to come to pass so when we think in this scripture when we read this and we're like you know sometimes when i read it i'm like okay earth gone it just exploded it's it's non-existent and that's not exactly what this means but it means that all the earth and all that's in it all these things will pass away because there's going to be something new happening and none of the the fleshly stuff, none of the stuff that's been bound to us, none of the stuff that has been holding us back will make it through when these things come to pass. Because it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. When he says uh, that, and the elements Will melt away. Listen, I, when I looked at this, I loved it. The elements will melt away. It's, it's like when something's bound up. It says, like a bandage falling off. Like things, someone that's bound up, that it's the the, the bondages just melting away. And it's saying that these the elements, see the things now of the earth, the things now that are not of God they will not be able to stand in the day of the Lord. When he comes, nothing that is not of him will be able to last. It will melt. It will fall away. It will be burned up. I love that. But it gives me this picture, like, ah, uh, okay. And this is what he's doing. This is what he's trying to do. He's like, so I need you to get this picture that he's going to come. Stop saying this. Oh, it's been like this forever, and it's going to stay like this, and I don't need to worry about God coming. He's saying he will come, and he'll come as a thief in the night. You won't know when. And then, when that happens, the things that are not of him are not going to make it through. You know what that does to me? That makes me look at myself like, oh, shoot. Do I got anything in here that's not going to make it through? That's what it should do and that's what he's trying He's, he's, he's trying to get. And what he's trying to teach these, these uh, new converts and us. He's trying to explain them. He says, listen, I just, want you to, I just want you to see that when these things happen, we need to be ready. And we don't get ready by thinking about today. We get ready for, by thinking about heaven, by thinking about who he is, by thinking about the future with God. So his picture of the end in this scripture is, is really very simple. It's all going to be destroyed. The things that are not of God are going to be destroyed and melt away. So what does that mean? Don't devote yourself. He's he's saying, don't don't devote yourself like these people are trying to lead you into of of just building things up for yourself or just taking care of yourself or just set, I don't know, man, you know that statement. I mean, nobody says it like this anymore, but YOLO, you know, it's like you only live once. Nope. Well, I mean, you kind of do, but the problem is it goes on past what you think, whenever you're saying you only live once. There's more than that. There's actually, after you, YOLO, you jump off that cliff, you die, you only live once. No, but what's going to happen after that? You're just thinking about today. This mentality of like, you know, I'm going I'm to think about myself. I'm going to think about what I need. I, I'm you know what i'm gonna I'm gonna do this for myself because because I need this now we need to take care of ourselves and we need to rest and and we need to be healthy but the problem is if we're completely self focused we are going to miss all the things that that God wants for us so Are we being inwardly focused or outwardly focused? Like God wants us to be thinking about what He wants us to think about. Really, what's interesting is in Matthew, Jesus actually is the one that kind of brings this whole thief in the night analogy thing together. And He said, stay awake. For you do not know on what day. Stay awake. I mean, it's like, I don't know about you, I've tried to stay awake. Done a couple all-night car drives and all that stuff. It's not that easy to just stay awake. And you can't stay awake continually. But that's not what he means. What What would he mean by that? It's like, be vigilant. Yes, you can sleep. But every hour of the day, are you thinking not about just getting something for yourself? Are you thinking about what God wants and how He wants you to live? Stay awake to who He is. Stay awake to His His love and His mercy and His compassion that brought you to the place that you are now. Stay awake to who He is, so He can use you in this day and the next day and the next. Stay awake. Don't fall asleep into the. In the get lulled into the to just the the things of the day. Don't get don't get lulled to sleep and and just the you know, I gotta get my coffee anybody like coffee around here? Man. You know, I gotta I, I, I think about this sometimes because you know, I think I've said this before. I because of the way my brain works, I, I'm a person that has to have like my set, like schedule, know what to do. Otherwise who knows what I'll do? I like—I My brain goes all kinds of different directions. Got to put my keys in the same place. Otherwise, they're gone. I've forgotten. Now, it's been a long time ago. I'm way better now. I've forgotten luggage going to the airport. I've, another time, forgotten my wallet going to the airport. You know, so I, I have to, you know, have these things set so that I can remember. But that's not the point. The point is is that, yes, you live your day. Yes, you walk through your day. You might need to set these things. But is everything, are you doing it in view of who he is? Are you living your day awake to who your heavenly father is? Awake to what he wants for you in that day. Stay awake, Jesus says. In James 4, 13, it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. What, what is this scripture saying? It's saying kind of what I've been trying to talk about. It says, hey, you guys that say, I'm going to do this for a year, I got my plans. Now, it's not don't plan out your retirement, but it, the problem is, what, how does he change this? He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. The problem is not doing the thing. The problem is doing the thing on your own or saying, God, help me in it. It's thinking just about yourself or thinking about how God can work in it. It's not the thing, it's who you're trusting. That's how he changed. See how he changed that? If the Lord wills, if he wants, and if he doesn't want, I will be okay and do what he wants. I'm not so set in my ways that the way that I want to do it has to happen. That if God changes, he says, Well, yes, I want you to, you know, set yourself up financially, but I want you to invest this, or I want you to give a little more to somebody. Oh man, Clarence this morning was talking just about how we need to think, again, to our team of volunteers before service, about how much better it is when you are serving somebody else and how much more it helps you. It's the, that's how God made us, that when we give, serving somebody, maybe giving, God says, give that guy 10 bucks or 20 bucks, and you're like, man, I don't have that much. He's like, actually, if you give it, just see what I do in your life. When you, when you give away, I will continue to give you more and more. That's what he does. That's not even my message. But when we hold on to things, like, you know, things get stale. When you hold on to it, it's like, you know, we think, oh, well, my money's not going to get stale. Well, your life will get stale if you hold on to your money. But God wants to flow through you, right? He he's, He wants to be you to be a conduit of who He is. For for His Spirit to flow through you, for for His love and His His mercy to flow through you in whichever way that He is asking you to. And when we hold on to that, it can get stale, and we get all stinky and stale. You guys ever open you know something up? It was like, you know, like opening up a kid's lunchbox. That was from like two weeks ago, and somehow got put, you know, like somewhere you didn't find. And you opened it up. There was some grapes in there, maybe a banana and a sandwich with some mayonnaise or something on it. And you open that thing up, and it's like, no, no, we're just throwing that away. No, it's not. It's not gonna happen. That lunch. Go buy a new lunchbox. And we don't even realize it. But when we're just locked up and and holding on, it's like that lunchbox. We haven't been opened up to be freshened up or anything new to put in. It's just getting stale. God wants to give you more, but we have to release it. That wasn't my message, so... (sighs) Couple of things about the day of the Lord coming as a thief in the night. It's the coming of Jesus Christ, Him coming. It's sudden. And he's coming for deliverance and salvation. That's why he's coming. And also, that's why he's waiting. We'll see a little bit more of that later. In 2 Peter 3:11, it says, "Therefore, therefore, since all that stuff that we said about 3:10, that he's coming. Like a thief in the night, all these things will be melted away. Listen, these things of earth are not going, he's saying, these, these things of this earth are not going to last. That's what I want you to focus on. Just, just get it in you that these things, yes, it's fun, you know, to have a nice car or, you know, things that are happening in your family or with your kids, but, but don't allow that to take over your view of who God is and distract you from, from your God and, and your love for him. And, and seeking after him. Because all this stuff is not going to last for eternity. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what matter of person ought you to be in holy, holy conduct and godliness? Ooh. Therefore, because of that, you see what he's saying? He's like, I want you to get this. Not so that you'll be scared, but but so that we can take action. What manner of person ought you be? How should you act? How should you live? Ought you to be, it says, in holy conduct and godliness. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Because of which the heavens and the earth will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Listen, it says looking for, okay, looking for and hastening. Looking, what are you looking for? What, I think this is kind of what this whole message is, what are you looking for? And what he is asking us to look for There's a future when He comes, and all this stuff melts away, and we get to be with Him for eternity. Is that our view? Like we view today, we view tomorrow, we, we see that, but it's like we're looking forward through that to eternity, so that we can live today with the view of eternity. So that we can live tomorrow with the view of eternity. Because I'm going to act totally different tomorrow if I'm thinking about my life with Him for eternity. I'm going to act totally different today if I'm looking through that lens of eternity, seeing eternity while I'm seeing it today. But he says, looking for the coming day of God. Are we looking for that? Are we trying to push it off? Are we trying to just live for today? It says, and hastening. Looking for and hastening. Now, that's interesting. Can we hasten the day of God? No, not necessarily. It's His time. It's what He has planned and His coming. It's not that I can do something to make Him, Hey God, I'm going to do this, so you come back now. You know, I can't do that. We can't do that. But I believe what He's saying is, what we can do is get ourselves out of the way. Because God wants to come, but what does He want to come for? For Salvation and deliverance, right? So he He is wanting people to come to know Him. In his time, he has set this time, but, but he says, I want so many people to come to know me, to be in that place with me, to love me, to, to, to be walking uh, with me with this view of eternity. And if, if I walk in the right way, right, in holy conduct and godliness with this view of eternity, I'm getting myself out of the equation that's causing God to be like, man, I, ugh. I'm stepping in, Line with him instead of pushing against him. Not that I can make it faster, right? Not that you can necessarily make it faster, but when he says hastening that day, I'm saying I'm going to hasten that day for me because I'm going to make it where I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. New verse thing for 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Look for that new heaven and new earth. Right? We're going to need a new heavens and new earth because all the tainted heavens and earth are just going to melt away. But they're going to be Replaced with God's perfect new heaven and new earth. We need to put our lives under the spotlight of eternity. I think I think this is a little bit of the problem, you know that we have today is is that there's a spotlight on so many different things that we've kind of allowed the spotlight of eternity to be dim. There's a spotlight on all the world's affairs and troubles, and there's a spotlight on our relational issues. There's a spotlight on you know, getting the new iPhone. I oh, don't like you know it's spotlight. I mean, there's so many things. Like I don't know. I talk to probably people too much about this, but like, we have too much stuff going on in these days that we live in. I don't know about you. Anybody ever said this? I I want to go back to like the 1800s. You know. Like just live on a farm and and just, you know, yell at cows. Like that's what I gotta worry about. is They yell at a cow. There's so much stuff going on that, that there's there's this spot. Like I feel like the spotlights on this happening and this happening, and this happening. And, and it gets us all off base where we forget. Sometimes who God is, you say, I don't forget. Well, maybe you don't feel like you forget, but sometimes do I act in a way that really is telling me that I'm not trusting God and the spotlight is not on Him as much as it is on the issue? Our lives should be lived in view with with that view of eternity. In 2 Corinthians, I I want to read this scripture. I didn't give this uh, to them, but it's 4.18 through 5.5. It says, while we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, this guy right here, this skin, this bones, we know that if this earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up. I love that statement. That mortality can be swallowed up with life. Yeah. See, it's another one of those things that's like ugh, brain bender because I was born on this world and I've lived this life I live, I feel like sometimes that this is life. This is the life that I live. I'm alive. But what this is, is mortality. This is death. That's a little morbid, right? Like, But, but this, this body, that we were born into it is born to grow old but it says i love this that mortality may be swallowed oh man be swallowed up by life that it may be swallowed up by the life of god that it may be swallowed up by who he is that it may be swallowed up by eternity that this body it, it may be decaying it may be growing old but eternity and God and who He is is just going to come and just swallow it up. And it doesn't matter what happens in this body because eternity is life. It says, now, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Wow. It says, God has prepared you for this. He has made you for this. And when we go back to Peter. It's like we see him just kind of trying to just yell at us and say, listen, God has made you not for this life, but for eternity. Don't think about what's happening today and get worried about that. Just think about eternity and allow that life of eternity, allow God to swallow up the day. And bring that mortality to its place, which is nothing, and allow the life of God to just come around it and swallow it up. And He's given us the Spirit as a guarantee. (laughs) Oh, man. 2 Peter 3, 13 and 14. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him, to to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. He doesn't say be careful to keep track of things that you might lose that are going to be burned up. Don't gather all the things, these things that are going to be burned up and, and take care of these things. He doesn't say that. He says, look at what's going to be gained in the new heavens, in the new earth. He says, look to those new heavens. Don't worry. Don't worry so much about protecting what's happening now that you don't protect your eternity. Look forward. Look forward. Look forward. Don't look down, don't look to the side. Look forward toward heaven. Look forward to him. And in verse fifteen, second peter three fifteen, and consider, that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. This is what I was talking about before. Consider. Just look forward. Keep looking forward. Don't get impatient. Don't don't get too anxious and and, and lose your footing and and stop waiting for God and stop looking forward to to His coming. And consider the long-suffering consider the patience of god that is salvation wow i think about this and what it's saying it is saying that he's so patient and so long like he suffers long long suffering he suffers long he he wants things to happen now too i promise but He's patient because he wants the salvation of more and more of his his children, his people. He suffers long because he wants to see more come to know him. He may wait, and it may be frustrating to me or to you, but he waits because he wants to see those that are still hurting, that don't know him, come to know him. That they don't have to be hurting anymore, that they can come into his love and his mercy. And as I think about that, I think about now there's other parts of the scripture and how I live my life. Is it in a way that helps people to come to know him? Because if I'm just living today, for today and for myself, are people gonna come to me? Or come to what I'm building, or are they gonna come to him? See, if I have my my eyes set on eternity and in my view is toward him, if I help somebody come along, they're coming to him, not to me. Not to my wealth, not to my coolness, not to my what I mean. I don't know to be cool, but whatever. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm just looking to today, they're coming to today with me, not to the not to eternity. Consider the long suffering of our Lord of salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. I don't know if I have time to go into all this, but I want to just read it. Verse sixteen, Second Peter three sixteen. As also in all his epistles, Paul. Speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand and untaught, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of Scripture. He's saying there's a lot of stuff, sometimes it's hard to understand. But what we need to understand is who God is and that He loves us and have our view on eternity. If you don't come in the right way, you can get twisted like. These false teachers that are just focused on themselves and not on God. In verse 17, you therefore, beloved, so you therefore, all of us, since you know this beforehand, since you know all this stuff that he said, that the the, the day of the Lord is coming and and all this stuff, this earthly stuff is going to be melted away. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth. That he is long-suffering because he wants the salvation of his people, the ones that he's created. Since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also... Beware. Keep aware. Stay awake. Right? What Jesus said. Beware. What Peter said. Lest you also fall from your own steadfastness being led away with error of the wicked. But, so beware, lest you go this path that these false teachers that he's talking about saying, like, it's not going to happen. God's not going to come. Jesus, you know, it's all that stuff. We're just living for today. YOLO. Build myself up. Do things for myself. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. No, those that say... Let's go and do such and such and and this for a year. Be careful because what is your life? It's a vapor. So he says, beware. But, verse 18, but grow. What do you do? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's, it's really, it, it's, I mean, it's not simple. It's, it's simple and it's not simple. It says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? This last statement, to him be the glory both now and forever. Guard yourself from error and destruction by growing in grace and and knowledge of Jesus. Continue to grow in who He is. Have have a vision of eternity with Him. Keep that in your mind as you're living today and tomorrow, and grow in knowledge and understanding of who Christ is, and understand that what all of this is for, this is the last statement, to Him be the glory, both now and forever. What all of this is about is to give glory to God. It's What's the, what's, this is a hard statement. What is your life giving glory to? What is our life giving glory? Or to who, I should say, is our life giving glory? And many times in our lives, we, if we ask ourselves that statement, it is to us. But in all this, he wraps all this up and just says, listen, remember this and continue to grow in understanding and knowledge of of who Christ is. Come to know him better and have this, this view of eternity in your heart and in your mind as you walk out each day of your life. And remember that everything, now and forever, is to give glory to God. So keep that in your mind, too. Where is the glory going? Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.